close, but we are going to continue our series, uh, One Church Values. And we started this series last week out at the park. I just want to say, I don't know about anybody else, but I had a great time out at the park. We had a lot of fun. The weather cooperated. We had a few guests show up, which is always exciting. My background's doing funny things. Um, it was great. If you missed out, that's too bad. Everyone online, I know you're desperately waiting to see the message that we did for Sunday. We're still working out a few kinks. The audio didn't quite go the way we had hoped. So we're just fine-tuning it so that you guys have something good to watch online. Because um, I don't want to put up anything that's bad and hard to listen to because it's hard to suffer through it. So we're trying to get it to the best it could possibly be. There's no error on anyone's fault other than the technology. That We just tried something new. It didn't work. So we're just trying to work it out. Um, but I want to say a special thank you to everyone who helped clean up last week. And, and that's a small group of people. There's a few people that helped clean up. Lots of people just kind of took off, and I get it. It was Sunday. You have other commitments. But I really appreciate when people take the time, help with cleanup, help packing stuff up. Um, it just makes doing those events a lot easier. Uh, it motivates us to do it more when we as the family of God get together and we just serve each other in that capacity. So thank you to everyone who did help. Uh, we really appreciate it. But now we're back. The online is back. Redverse is back. We're back in service. We're back in house being the big, happy family of God, which was my intentional segue because we are talking about how one church values family. And I want to start off by saying that this is a little bit of a change of language, but not really a change of practice. Generally, when you go to a church, they say they value the next generation. They value kids and they value youth. And so they put lots of their budget towards that. They invest lots in it. And we're right there, right? We have a whole building committed to youth. We hired somebody to oversee youth. We invest a lot into our youth. But one of the things that became abundantly apparent, kind of between camp and some of the things that God has been pressing on me, is that in the span of a week in a teenager's life, in a kid's life, I'll pick on the teens because that's where we're... Um, let's, break your kids, let's break your teen's life down by hours. Who gave the kids magnets? Like, seriously, who thought that was a good idea? Um, your teenagers, if they show up for church, that's an hour at church. If they show up for every single thing that the youth center is doing, that's another... 14 hours that they're there. Uh, so that's 14 hours of 168 hours in your kid's life. And so often we expect that we are going to make a world of difference in the life of teens in 14 hours. All the while, they're spending way more time where? At home. With their family. So if I really want to make a big impact in the lives of the teens and the lives of the kids, I'm not just going to invest a lot of time into them because they're worth it. We want to invest that time. I'm going to invest in the people they're spending all their time with, their family. Now I realize that, you know, ideally, your teens are getting 56 hours of sleep every week. That's eight hours a day, seven days a week. They're not doing it. I know. I get it. Okay? I'm just trying to, like, our kids do that. But, you know, <laughs> um, 
but they're at home. And so it would be foolish for us to not prioritize the parents as well. It would be foolish for us to not say, hey, you know what? Parenting is tough. We want to help you succeed. We want to Because God doesn't just value the next generation. When we read through Scripture, he doesn't just talk about young men and young women. He talks about everybody. He talks about the whole family. He talks about marriages. He talks about parent-kid relationships. He talks about, he talks about all of it. So if we as a church just say, well, we're going to focus on the young guys and everybody else, you're, you're on your own, that's just short-sighted and that's not making the most of what God has called us to do. So we're about family. We're about parents and we're about grandparents and we're about kids and we want all of you to succeed. We want all of you to grow and thrive and do it together because the family unit is such under attack. It is such... There's so much working against a good, healthy family unit that we as a church say, you know what, let's, let's move away from unhealth and move towards health. Let's set you guys up to succeed, not only individually, but collectively as a household, collectively as a family. And when we read through scripture, we see very clearly that God values our family. We're starting Deuteronomy right out of the gate, Deuteronomy 11. Start at verse 18. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them on your hands. Wear them on your forehead like as a reminder. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. So Moses starts off. He's like, it starts with you, parents. I'm going I'm to be going to harp on you parents a little bit because I want you to grasp how much God values you, how much God values your parent, how much God values your kids and how much he wants you to succeed in this role of parent. He says, starting with you, make sure that you are getting God's word inside of you. Set it up as reminders. Put it up on the doorpost. Put it on your forehead if you have to. I would love to see a bunch of us running around with sticky notes on our head. That'd be great. I love that so much. Don't get tattoos though. That's bad. Anyways, Set it up. Get God's word inside of you. Memorize it. Think about it. Date. And then when you, are, when you are doing that, along with that, talk about it with your kids. Make sure that's getting inside of your kids. And so often when it comes to our spiritual life, we, we harp on our kids. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you, hey, sit down while I'm doing devotions. Right? Like, like, pay attention to what I'm doing. But the question is, mom and dad, are you doing your personal devotions? Are you getting God's word inside of you? Are you doing, because you can't lead where you're not going. You can't take your kids on a journey you're not doing yourself. So if you're not praying, you're not doing devotions, you're not getting into God's word, don't expect it of your kids. And so often we're like, oh, we just want our kids to grow up and be spiritually healthy and do all these great. Yeah, but if you're not being spiritually healthy, if you're not taking care of yourself in that way, why would your kids? Your kids are watching you. Even when you think they're not, they are. And if they're not seeing you actually do the devotions, they actually see the, they're going to see the fruit of it. Because when you're praying and when you're reading God's word, you're spending time with your heavenly father, it changes you. You are a different person and your kids see it and your spouse sees it and so God starts off by saying get into this word get it inside of you so much so that you're talking about it whether you're walking down the path when you're sitting down eating when you're going to bed you're constantly it's always on the tip of your tongue ready to be talked about get in the word and by extension your kids will get into the word 
Proverbs 1.8, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. Pro- Solomon says to his sons, Proverbs is a book written to Solomon's kids. He is trying to pass along wisdom that he has gained over the years to set them up for success. And he says, listen to me when I correct you. Why? Because I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm actually trying to build you up and correct wrong behavior so that you can do good behavior. Right, Do the right things when you need to. And don't just listen to your father, but listen to your mother. And one of the things that kind of comes with this, you know, so we use this and we're like, kids, you better listen to mom and dad. Well, what are you talking about? Are you teaching them? Do you actually offer something that they should be listening to? And the reason I ask that is because one of the things that happened 100 years ago is that the government decided that they could teach your kids better than you could. And so we started the schools. This is not a slam against teachers. It's not a slam against, but before 100 years ago, you taught them. Your kids stayed home. They learned your craft. They, le- they took on your business. You were the teacher. You were the spiritual leader. You were everything for your kids. And all of a sudden, that all changed. And we started shipping our kids off six, day- six hours a day to let others teach them. And what happened is, is that not only did we allow people to start teaching our kids, but then we started saying, well, if the school's going to teach our kids about the basics, reading, writing, math, all that stuff, and the church is going to teach our kids about spiritual things, then as long as they survive to graduation, I've done my part. Right? As long as they don't die. Well, but God doesn't call us to just survive. God calls us to thrive. Jesus said in John 10.10, he said, I didn't come to give you life and good luck. He said, I came to give you life and life abundant. Well, if you want your kids to have an abundant life, how are you setting them up to experience abundant life? How are you setting them up? What are you teaching them? And believe it or not, because I know some of, some of the parents online, in-house, you're thinking, our kids are playing video games all day. What influence? You have more influence than you think you have. The problem is, the reason that our kids don't want to spend time with us is at some point they got the idea you didn't want to spend time with them. Sorry, I hate to break it to you. But this is something that I am learning. As I get distracted with YouTube and social media and I'm watching stuff and I watch my kids and they're getting, they're, they're doing whatever they can to get my attention. So whether it's your phone or it's the TV or it's your hobbies or whatever it is, whatever takes you away from your kids, you're telling your kids, this is more important than you. You're teaching your kids that. And so where are you putting your time? Are, what are you offering? And I have whole new respect. We started homeschooling. I don't know if anybody knew that. We started homeschooling. I have a whole new respect for all you moms. I'm going to tell you that. That is quite an undertaking. I have to fill in on Fridays. It doesn't go well. There's two people crying by the end of it. Me and Taya. Like, this is not going well. They go away. They know what I'm doing. Anyways. Proverbs is all about a a father wanting to leave a book of wisdom for his son, his sons and his daughters to read and say, these are the things that God has given me so that I could succeed and be the man that I am today. And I want you to take it so you could be the man or woman that you are called to be one day. So what are you leaving behind? What are you teaching your kids Colossians 3, 18 to 21. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to those who belong to the Lord. 
Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. And I'm not going to park on this too much. We just did a whole sermon on that three weeks ago through the Ephesians study. So if you want to get kind of that whole interpersonal, what God wants for parent, wife and husband, go back and watch that one. That one, I'll take way more time to do it, and I did it really well. So go back and watch that one. But this is just a recap This is how you are to interact with one another. And one of the things we said, I will repeat myself on this one point from the Ephesians study. It all starts with this mutual submission, this mutual willingness to put others above yourself. So wives, are you willing to put your husbands above yourself, their needs, their wants, their dreams? Are you willing to sacrifice to see them succeed? Husbands, are you willing to do the same? Are you willing to sacrifice, put yourself, put your wife above above yourself to see her become all that God has called her to be? Parents, are you willing to submit and put away your anger, put away your tiredness, find some energy so that your kids can become all that they have been called to be? And kids, are you willing to, and it's interesting, submission doesn't get used with kids. Kids don't get a choice. Kids obey. Why? Because this pleases God. Well, I'm not at home. It doesn't matter. I don't see a time frame on anything of Paul's teachings. You never stop being a child. So you never stop obeying. You never stop honoring your parents in that way, whether you are Levi's age or you're way older. I was going to throw somebody out, but I, I won't. You never stop. Anyways, go back, listen to it. It's really good. First Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy about the qualifications of a church leader. He says he must manage his family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? Verse 12, he says it again about an overseer. A deacon must be faithful to his wife. He must manage his children and household well. God prioritizes our family so much that he won't even let certain people have roles of leadership in the church if they can't take care of their own family. In fact, Paul goes so far to say in 1 Timothy, in chapter 5, he says in verse 8, that if you can't take care of your family, you're actually worse than an unbeliever. Let that one sink in. If you are incapable of managing your household well, if you cannot manage your kids, you cannot train them up, if your kids are going crazy... And don't respect you, don't honor you, don't, if you have not trained them up in the way that they should go and they're going crazy because of it, you're actually worse off than an unbeliever. I don't want anybody else, that one hurt a little bit when I read it. And I could go on and on. I don't have, that's good, I thought I had another verse, I'd be safe. There's so much scripture about how God and how God values your family and how he asks us to give the, make them a priority. And it's so easy to go into autopilot. It's so easy to just go into cruise control and hope everything works out and hope everything just kind of, you know, ah, they're, they're, they're mature, they'll figure it out. And God says, no, it's not up to them. You have a responsibility to your family. And if you can't take care of your family, there's consequences. And it's not just, and, and let's take a, get, 
Let's not get distracted by the spiritual consequences. There's physical consequences. There's here and now consequences. If you're not training up your kids and they go off and go crazy, well, Now, I'm not saying there's some people that have done everything right with their kids. There's people that have invested and trained up and done absolutely every, checked all of the boxes and their kids still went crazy. There's supposed to be a whistle sound in there. I didn't get it. But anyways. <laughs> and at the end of the day, as if you can hold your head up high and say, I did everything I possibly could. I did everything I could. I trained them. I gave them opportunity to succeed. I put them first in everything. I made all the sacrifice. If you can get to the end and say, I did everything, and they still kind of go off on their own way, that's good. You did your part. But the problem is, is that I think we so often don't do our part. And if you're feeling the pressure right now, whether you're a spouse, your kids are gone, and you're just, it's just you and your wife, or you and your spouse at home, or if it's you got young kids, or you got older kids, or, and you're feeling some pressure right now, this is, why one, this is why we as a church value family. What is going on here? This is why we value family, because we understand, we get it, there's a lot of pressure. All of us in leadership have families, we get it. And so why wouldn't we say, hey, you family people, we want to help. We want to give you the tools to succeed as parents. We want to give you the tools to succeed in your marriage so that your marriage can be everything God called it to be and you can be doing everything that God called you as a couple to be doing. We want to set you up to be good grandparents so that you can come alongside your kids and raise those grandbabies to be the men and women that they're going to be. I know, that sounds like work. It's just easier to give them candy and send them home. I get it. But you know what? You don't get to stop being parents. You don't get to stop being, you don't get to stop helping out in that way. And if the question is, I don't know how, then guess what? We'll help. Because we've got lots of resources. I don't know what I'm doing, but I serve a God who does. And I'm willing to sit down and I'm willing to pray with you and I'm willing to work through. I'm willing to find a resource. I'm willing to find a seminar. I'm willing to find something for you so that you can be the parent. Because when it comes to calling, we spent all of Ephesians talking about calling. Guess what? There's some things you're called to that aren't like your job. or You're called to be a good spouse. You're called to be a good parent. You're called to be a good child. You're called to serve the church. You're called to so many things that aren't optional. And so if you're going to step into that calling, why wouldn't we come alongside you and equip you so that you can flourish and grow and be everything that you are called to be? So I want to close with this. I got some homework for you. And you're going to have so much fun with this. I guarantee it. <laughs> Don't read into the tone of my voice. Okay. Here's your homework this week. It's really easy. Number one, find out. And I go this by stage of life. So that you're like, I don't qualify. It doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. How's your relationship with your parents? How's your relationship with your parents? If you have kids at home and you're wondering why you interact the way that you do, think, look at how you interact with your own parents and maybe you see some light because they're going to reflect the way, what you do. 
How is your relationship with your parents? Because God says all throughout Scripture that this is the one thing. Honor your parents. This is the one command that comes with a promise that if you do this, you'll be blessed and you'll be established in the land that I put you in. How is your relationship with your parents? And I'm going to repeat every one of them so they get stuck in your head and Wednesday you're going to be like, oh, that's no. Anyways, how's your relationship with your spouse? Because let's be honest, it's really easy in marriage to just go into autopilot to you, the two of you to just do your own thing and you haven't actually sat down, had a good conversation and seen how either one of you is doing, what you're learning, what God is teaching you. When was the last time any of those conversations have been had? How is the relationship with your spouse? And it doesn't matter if you're newly married or been married for a really long time, we all fall into this trap. How is your relationship? And last one, how is the relationship with your kids? When was the last time you talked to your kids? And when I say talk, I mean like, hey, how's it going? What do you want for breakfast? That's not talking. How are you doing? What are you struggling with right now? Because all our kids struggle with something. doesn't matter what stage of life they're in, they're struggling. They're wrestling with something. They're learning something. And they're either learning it the easy way or the hard way, but they're learning and as a parent, you're the ones with the experience to come alongside and say, let me help you. Let me come alongside you and help you grow in this area so that you don't have to struggle. How is your relationship with your kids? So that's point number one, find out. And when I say find out, this is what I mean. I mean you actually have to go out and ask them. What I don't want you to do is go home and like, eh, I think it's all good. From my perspective, all is good. No, you actually have to go and ask them how it's going. And this is the tough part, because often when we say this, go ask them, do we really listen to the answer? Because it's hard to, because sometimes those relationships aren't where they need to be, and we have to hear some really hard answers. No, I'm feeling rejected. No, I'm feeling neglected. No, I feel like your phone's more important than I am. No. And there's a multitude of answers. And we can get our pride up and be like, oh, you're just being ridiculous. No. That's not the response. If that's how they're feeling, how are you going to call that being dismissive? That's not submissive. That's being arrogant. That's minimizing how they're feeling. That's minimizing where they're at and just saying, oh, you're just being ridiculous. No, they're not being ridiculous. You're being ridiculous by not being willing to change. Ask them how you're doing. Humble yourself to really listen to the answer. And then part three, make a plan to make it better. Because it doesn't matter how good things are going, there's always an area of growth. Always. Because even if you've been talking lots, and even if you've been spending lots of time, and you're doing your devotion, your friend, when was the last time you went on a date together? When was the last time? Well, every day's a date. <laughs> Give it up. What is the area of growth? And are you just going to say, hey, this is an area of growth. Mm, I hope it works out. Or are you going to say, this is an area of growth, and we're going to make a plan, and we're going to figure out the steps, and we're going to actually grow in these areas. And this is the part where it's, you can't be afraid to ask for help. You can't be afraid to say, I don't know how to make this better. And that's okay. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to say, I don't know, I need help. Somebody help me, help us rectify this. Because if God values your relationship, 
don't you value it enough? Don't you prioritize it enough to go through just a little bit of pain to make it better? Aren't you willing to be just a little bit uncomfortable to see it become all that God had called it to be? Find out how your relationship is. How are you going to do that? You're going to ask. You're going to ask your spouse, how are things going? And be willing to hear the answer. Be humble enough to hear the answer and be ready to be like, you know what, I messed up. I dropped the ball. And make a plan to make it better. You don't have to accept it. You can actually make a change. And if you need help, the phone number's on the website. It's out back. I got my card. Grab my card. Give me a call. I would love to come alongside you and help you. You don't have to figure it out on your own. If you don't want me, guess what? We got a church full of people because at the end of the day, we're all family. We got a church full of people who are older and wiser than I am and would be able to help you in ways that maybe I can't. And I'm okay with that. I can admit that. But not doing anything is not the answer. Not doing anything, hoping it works itself out, is never the answer. You have to be intentional. You have to have a plan. And you have to actually put the plan into motion. We at One Church, we value family. And we're going to devote resources and time and energy to making sure that every single one of your families are as healthy as they possibly can be, as healthy as you allow us to help you make them. Let's pray. Worship team, you come on up. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that you value family above all else. Not above all else, but you value our families. And family, family is such an important, <laughs> such important language because you call us to be the family of God. You call us kids, and you call you call us to call refer to one another as siblings and in, in the spirit. And Father, we all <laughs> we're all growing. We're all trying to get better. And I just pray, God, that you would lead us into the things you need us to go into. God, prepare our hearts for hard conversations. Prepare our hearts for our kids and our spouse and our parents to say, you know what, things aren't good, we need to fix it. Give us ears to hear. And God, give us the determination to prioritize it, to actually do something about it, to make it better. Not in a way that makes it better for us, but makes it better according to your standards. Above all else, like we said in Ephesians, God, give us a heart to submit, to put the needs and the priori prioritize, prioritize the people you put in our life. And in the midst of doing that, may we find life, may we find fulfillment, may we discover who we are in you. Speak to us, Father. Lead us in the areas we need to grow. Pray this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing.